0: Welcome to Boost Power Podcast, inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so let's make it a great one. Today, it's so fun to have on the show my partner in radio crime, Boost Power Radio,
1: Rhonda Shea. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad to be here, Betsy. It's been a while since we sat down and uh, just shot the bull.
0: <laughs> oh, I tell you, we had so much fun doing that radio show. I, I didn't love driving so far up to North Glen. I mm-hmm. didn't love, you know, in the snow, um, but I so loved being with you, and I so loved just, you know, really what a great success we had with that show. Oh, and we had, what, 60,000 listeners yeah, right
1: 8,000 yeah it was it was a it's been a it was a, a nice success but um but I think the podcast piece is, is something that's wonderful as well because it gives you an opportunity to expand a little bit because there are restrictions when it comes to radio in terms of how where things go and how much time you can spend and and all those things so I, I think your podcast congratulations on it I know it's been a tremendous success and I expect it will even get better from here
0: well, it's going to get better now because I got you on the show. So that's, <laughs> that works. you know, the better women are, right? So warning, everyone listening, Rhonda Shea is in the house. Well, I, you have such a rich story. And the purpose of this podcast is really people attracted to just learning from women's journeys, right? Learning from the real deal, the real story, because so many of us make up crap in our head, right? I can't be an entrepreneur or I'm never going to be, I'm never going to do. And man, I think between you and me, we've probably... You know, made all the aggressive moves and had all the mistakes and gone through so much. Um, and so that's the real deal for people to learn from. So introduce yourself a little bit about. You know, you don't have to start at conception, although it's interesting. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll skip that part. will
0: <laughs> we'll skip because it's a PG show. But you know, it all began in a small hospital. But the conception is really no, that's a joke. Um, uh-huh. It's. Uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about growing up, and you know. Where were the seeds of entrepreneurial spirit that not only you have, but your, you know, your kids
1: now have? Well, um, you know, I, uh, I had an interesting childhood. My, uh, I was born in Illinois. My parents were divorced when I was six. And so for a time, I came out here and, and lived with my grandparents while my, my parents were sorting things out who um, were immigrants from Italy and spoke mostly Italian in their homes. So I went from a, a Midwest farm kind of environment to, uh, to an environment where uh, English was truly a second language. So it was, it was an interesting concept. It was fun. I mean, they spoke English, don't get me wrong, but so much of the banter and the things that happened in the house, like when, you know, in general conversation, like bring me this pot and bring me this pot to put water in and boil pasta, or can you get me a fork or can you set the table? Little things like that. When my grandparents would talk, were always in Italian. So I kind of grew up immersed in that culture. Um, I lived with them for, um, a year and then my mother came out I went back to Illinois and then my mother came back out and we came out here together when I was, um, uh, eight and, and lived in Colorado ever since. And, um, it was, it was an uh, interesting, and I think I get my entrepreneurial spirit most likely from my grandfather and my mother. Um, my grandfather was a tremendous entrepreneur. Um, he, uh, and, and a fun man. Oh my God. Just so much fun and great sense of humor and very smart and, uh and it kind of carried over with it with the family from fruit markets to selling christmas trees to you know coming up with these different ways to to uh to make a living and i spent a lot of my time with him and working i mean it didn't seem like work but i always worked with them i sold christmas trees i went to the fruit and picked up the fruit markets at the thing and stood outside with him and peddled the fruit and did all kinds of fun stuff and uh, and he was very creative and my mother was very bright and creative as well so i and and my father was a brilliant man don't get me wrong but he had less of an entrepreneurial spirit he was more of a businessman and uh, so i think it came from that environment and that creativity and that fun everything was always a way to make fun like we never got our easter baskets when we were grandparents he would hide them all over the place and we'd have to look for them and they'd be on the roof and here and there and and then my grandmother would get mad cuz they'd be on the roof and they all melt you know <laughs> yeah oops bad place to put easter baskets yeah. in hot sun but silly things like that and so and, and scavenger hunts in his home and it was just fun and my mother made things very creative as well so i grew up in a i think a, what i would consider to be for the time a creative and open and affirming environment for whoever you were and whoever you loved it would be okay
0: Well, you know, it's so, it's so cool to see that international spirit. I know Carolyn, you know, Palau, who is connected to you and, um, and she has, of course, married the Italian, uh, husband, Italian, Italian, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to say that. I'll let you say that. And, you know, (laughs) we always joke about them getting a place in Italy so I can come glom onto them.
1: Looking at that, actually, we are looking at uh, buying one of those $1 homes. And then you have to invest like twenty five thousand dollars into repairing it and getting it up to speed. So you know, two or three people put in about seven thousand each, and you got a villa on the beach. And uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, now look. with
1: Sarah going to school in Milan, you know, I'm really serious about that. So I've been reaching out well, to Carolyn. Know, we are definitely looking into that. And both Great. Carolyn has Italian citizenship through our grandfather, and um, I as well am eligible for it. And I haven't processed it, but I'm going to, um, which makes us able to purchase and buy property uh, a little differently than than people who do not have that honor.
0: Nice. Well, I, I'm in. So call, call me okay. as an investor in, in Italy. So, so you grew up and what did you go to college for? Because you know, you've been in radio. So let's first, let's tell everybody a little bit about your career and kind of, so take us through, this is what I thought I was going to do in the world. This is my education. And then this is, you know, what my path went when you went to Radio Disney and you have been,
1: I met you doing promotions for a radio station. Right. Well, um, I had always been interested in the arts and um, wanted to work in some form of entertainment. That was my goal in high school. I was in theater and I I did a number of things, but mostly I love theater. And, um, that was my goal originally was to go into, uh, theater and, but I can't sing. And at the time, if you have to be like both, you you have to do everything, sing, dance, act. Well, I was great at a bunch of stuff, but I really stunk at singing. And so I didn't get too far, but I did get a few leads and things. And, uh, and I got out of, um, high school and went to college in theater and I, I chose school in Illinois and received a scholarship and I could be a, spend a little time with my father. I've got a little runny nose. Let me just, uh, I don't know why, well, who knows anyway. Um, uh, so I spent some time with my father and he, um, to do that. So I went to college at Western Illinois university and I, I had a scholarship there and I started in theater and I got there and I just, I, I just, I don't know. I just kind of changed. I thought, well, that's not for me. I'd like to do something else. And I figured that radio was about the next closest thing. So, and, and TV. So I, I switched my major to television and radio production and journalism. And that's what I did. And I loved it. I mean, I did a couple of plays in school, but I mostly, um, mostly just had a lot of fun and was in radio, was on the air in college. Uh, just loved making videos, loved that whole production piece. And, uh, and so from there, uh, that kind of kicked me into wanting to work in radio. When I got to Colorado back home, I, uh, was fortunate enough that I had taken a job, my first job, with the Listen Foundation for Hearing Impaired Children uh, as producing a radiothon for them because they needed somebody just to work for a few months. And so I went in and did that, and that led me to meet the people at K- AM95 Kim, which was an AM giant radio station, promotional, huge AM station. And uh, so I went there, got a job there, and that just kicked off the radio career tremendously.
0: So. Well, let's stop and talk about the Lishan, the which is like Listen Foundation, but this is the Listen Foundation, the Listen Foundation, because I know you serve on their board right now, and it is it's worthy of taking a minute to talk about that. So, would you
1: um, tell us a little bit about that? Well, I got involved with them, like I said, right out of college, and that was uh, nearly forty years ago. So, uh, or maybe it's over forty years ago now, <laughs> 1979. So, anyway, um, I have been involved with them off and on ever since as a volunteer. I couldn't, I couldn't leave them because it was such an incredible thing. So what LISTEN did and does um, was a woman in Denver called Doreen Pollock, and she's a wonderful woman who's passed, and she's in the Colorado Hall of Fame. And she came up with a therapy treatment program 50 years ago that was about using technology, hearing aids, and teaching children who were born literally profoundly deaf, like you shoot a cannon off next to them, they wouldn't hear it, and um, how to process sound through residual hearing that's stimulated by hearing aids And they have to start that before the age of six in order for them to do that. What they discovered was when they did those treatments and those therapies and put hearing aids on these young children, that they were able to learn to speak and listen like you and I. And she was a little bit ahead of technology in her her therapy. And now today with cochlear implants and things like that, it is the standard of treatment for children that want to be in a verbal world, an audio verbal world. Some people choose that they don't want to do that with their children because maybe their parents are deaf or whatever. and They want to have them in their own community. But for most people, you want parents don't know sign language. They don't know how to communicate. They prefer to have their child in a hearing world. So um, it allows children to start this as early as six months. They, they put the cochlear implants in or hearing aids and go through therapy. And by the age of six, they're typically caught up. They're fine. You could not tell through speech and through any other thing, any difference between these children and children who did not have a hearing loss or were deaf. And so she changed the world. Uh, People came from all over the world to Denver to learn that. And uh, now it's common practice, of course. So I I, I thought it was incredible to see something that to fruition. So so often in our lives, we never see something from start to end. We see the piece we're working on or we're paying for research that we don't know if it ever is really going to happen. And in this case, it was like, here's the issue. Here's a solution. It's done. And it was, it's really a, a cool organization. Like I said, I've been involved with it for now uh, as a volunteer for nearly 40 years and uh, served as president of the board to, uh, I'm not now, i recent past president and uh, probably intend to volunteer with them for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> wow. And I know you're all thinking this is all in one human being. Yes, it is. This is in the amazing Ron DeShea. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Welcome back to boost power podcast with the amazing the incredible Ron DeShea. so uh-huh. we've talked about you know kind of a cool international upbringing i i bet you love a great italian pasta dish oh my gosh i make i make wonderful italian food i have to admit it you know I, I, you cannot <laughs> tell don't. a lie. everyone in yeah. my family would like to come to your home for a great You're pasta <laughs> as we get ready for sarah to you know be immersed in that community we're so excited um and then so but I see in you that whole philanthropic side, you know, that it's really bloomed. And that's how I met you is when you were working at Regis University and then you sponsored the Camp Experience Network as, you know, not only smart marketing and community outreach for your school and the programs, but also as a great philanthropy to give back and to empower so many women. So, what could you talk about, you know, as you look at your life, you know, kind of how do you see your purpose in combining amazing marketing skills knowing about communication, video, radio, technology, and, you know, having
1: a heart for philanthropy.
0: Talk a little bit about, you know, how does that work?
1: Well, you know, it always kind of worked together because when you're in the media, as I was for the first 30 years of my career, uh, or off and on, um, you have an opportunity to impact people by your words and by what you do and what you support. So in the role that I played, I was often involved with the community because we would we would sponsor community events. We would send our DJs out to things to help raise money. We would do radio thons on the air, you know, things like that. And, and also I was responsible for the PSAs. So you'd get all these requests. And so it, it allowed me to, to learn about so many of the wonderful organizations in Colorado. I did start my career out, like I mentioned, in nonprofit uh, from, from uh, listen foundation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where I produced radiothons as well. And then into the, the context I met in radio through the, ended up at Kim, but it's always been a part of me I've always loved to be a part of the community and I think that when we help others we, we truly help ourselves and it, it makes us be so grateful for what we have and particularly now where I mean look at what's going on we're in a, in a crazy quarantine environment and you know you can sit here and be quarantined and be freaked out or you can be happy and um, and you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be content and um, and I think that how we look at the world gives us that opportunity either we either look at it it with gratitude and, we, and, and some of that gratitude is learned because if you never go out and stretch your wings and you never go out and see what other people have to deal with, you really have no way to gauge how lucky you are. And so to me, being part of the community is important. It's important for you personally, and it's important to, to help others. Um, that's what we're meant to do. I believe that's what we're called to do. I think that's what, um, you know, I'm, I'm not overly religious, but I think that that's what Jesus called us to do. Um, that's what Muhammad called us to do. That's what Buddha calls us to do. Uh, we are called to help each other and we are our best self when we do that. And so I've, I've done that for many years and not just listen, I've been involved with Cancer League of Colorado for many, many years now, 10. Um, and now of course I volunteered at Camp Wapiapi and now I'm fortunate enough to work part-time at a summer camp for children that have cancer. So it's, it's always been a part of my life.
0: Well, you know, that's a segue to something that you and I lived through together. Of course, you personally living through it and me just cheering and loving you through it. And that is your battle with cancer and your conquering of cancer, um, I'll never forget the phone call, Rhonda. It was the night before camp experience. You're our uh, comedian, many times our MC. You call yeah. me the night before. We're all packed up and we're ready to go. Hi, Rhonda, checking in. I have cancer. And I go, well, wait, wait, uh, hello? And you go, yeah, I just got my mammogram back. So getting ready for camp tomorrow. I have cancer. You know, and I was like, um, okay, what is that? You know, are you, are you okay? You know, I was totally like Mother Betsy came out. And you're like, yeah, and I still remember you saying, hey, if I'm going to have cancer, the place I'm going to be is surrounded by my camp sisters. And to continue that story, the camp retreat is the fall gathering of the Camp Experience Network. Rhonda goes on stage just her normal Rhonda, everybody's like, there's Rhonda, cheers, by Rhonda, and you know, you're know, you ready for your humor self, and you go, first, I just want to tell you, I have cancer, please stand if you have had, not had your mammogram, and yeah. so many people stood up, and three people in that audience that day got mammograms and did have cancer or something they had to take care of,
1: yep. so
0: I kind of personally credit you for saving their life, just in that one moment of three people,
1: well, we never know, you know, what we're going to say and do. And I was very open with my cancer. Some people aren't. They don't like to. But part of the reason was that people need to know that you might have no history. I had no history. You might have no, you might be healthy. I was healthy. I was a little fat, but, you know, <laughs> fat, dumb, and happy. But, you know, uh, but we all got uh, that going on. We got that <laughs> going on. But, you know, people have let been led to believe in in some ways that if if it's not in your family, you're probably not going to get it but that's absolutely not true. The majority of cancers are found from people who have no history of cancer. And um, what's true about that statement is if you have the gene, if you have a history of cancer in your family, then you are pretty likely to get it. But the majority of people that get it, it's new cancer and it's cancer that's not been a history uh, in their family. So I fell in that category. And I thank God every day that I got it early. But yeah, I found out the first call I made. So I thought, "Why not tell Beth I'm Going to go this thing with 300 people. It was like you know, you're almost in shock when you hear it. And uh, so I called up. I, said, I have cancer, Betsy. And she's <laughs> like, "What are you going to do?" I said, well, "I guess I'm going to come there and get you know, on stage and <laughs> do what I normally do." But it's when I got there, I realized that you know there are people in the room just like me that I had skipped a mammogram for a year because I was busy, and uh, at, that could be walking around with basically a time bomb in their body, and all it would take is just a. Big deal. Go get your boobs squeezed a little bit and <laughs> move on, you know? So, um, so I did mention it and I'm, and I'm to this day, very grateful. One of the women from camp came up to me last time I was at camp and, and thanked me and said, that was how she found out about it. And I'm, I'm thrilled that, that, that my experience was able to help others. And uh, so I remember getting on stage and I didn't feel too funny because it was like, you know, just, I was in a little bit of shock, but I do remember telling the story about the, I think I told it there. And it's kind of funny. Uh when it's very draconian when you get diagnosed with a disease because they have to do biopsies and check you and and you of course you lose all semblance of any kind of modesty when you're dealing with that. But so I went in um for the second mammogram and for them to do a uh, they kept me there afterwards and they decided to do this thing where they go in with this needle and they find wherever it is and they mark it. They put a titanium marker in there and they take a piece of that out to, to biopsy and to figure out where what's going on. So um, you lay on a table and your face down. And there's a hole in it, and you drop your breast through the hole in the table. Of course, you know, I wasn't young and I had a little bit of pounds on me, and I was like, Oh my god. You know, so the doctor sat down and 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 I remember looking down and I and I just said, Hey, I think I'm polishing your shoes. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. And he's trying to do this surgical thing, and he starts laughing, and he goes, and He goes, Don't do that to me, don't do that to me. He said, I'm trying to put a needle in here and you're making me laugh. You know. <laughs>
0: Well, I would say that was one of the techniques that, you know, you used, and it's one that I have always used, you know, in the middle of where I called nowhere to go, but through, you know, in the middle of whatever, um, you stayed very bright and through all your treatments and you had nothing else going on in your life at the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, We we can't say that word. It was a S storm. It was an S storm of every death, every drama.
1: And, and, and a three-year audit by the IRS who would not wait, even though I was in cancer treatment.
0: There you go. Because, (laughs) you know, that's what that, that $5 coffee is really a problem.
1: You know, please come back from your chemo and find me that receipt. Right. Yeah, That's basically, yeah. It ended up not even being anything. I had, my mother had passed away in the the middle of all this and I had inherited an IRA and uh, I didn't know that if you inherit an IRA, you have to actually make it an IRA or you have to pay taxes and everything else on it. I thought when you inherited money, you know, like you heard, you get so much free because it's inherited. And so I just took my inherited money and it wasn't very much. It's like $30,000 or something. And I just went on and forgot about it. Well, the IRS, I guess went eight when they saw that and figured I was trying to cheat them and all this other stuff decided to look back in three years. I was like oh, in the middle of all that. So yeah. it was really fun. It
0: was fun. Well, I'm just going to say to everyone listening, if Rhonda can survive breast cancer in the middle of all the other things going on, which would have to be three more podcasts, well, we'll, you know, let's do a podcast about surviving the death of close people all in close proximity. Yeah,
1: let's just kill everybody we know. I was the angel of death for like four years. Oh
0: my (laughs) gosh. And, you know, there's people that are dramatic on stupid things like, oh, the Starbucks line was so long. I broke a fingernail. You had every single kind of a person close to you go into heaven in the midst of you going through this and then a job change and
1: then your husband's job. And then, you know, it's hey, just crazy, but you know what, that no one, no one, uh, it was that old song. No one promised your rose garden. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. And you can either get up every day and say, okay, uh, you know, guess what? I'm still here. I'm still me. I still have, you know, and, and move on, or you can uh, sit back and let that define you. And I don't think, that, you know, I think that people who let other things define them, and it doesn't matter if they're big or little, if you let something define you, then you've lost you. And that's truly the tragedy. It's not what you have to deal with. It's how you handle it. And, and, and I wouldn't, I've told people this many, many times. I mean, it wasn't fun going through cancer. I had bilateral breast cancer. Um, it was in a very early stage. So uh, fortunate for that. Um, but I wouldn't change it because I think that what that experience did was wake me up. To how I wanted to be for the rest of my life. Because you get lost in, in those middle years of your life. You get so lost and tied up with raising kids and trying to build a career and being a wife and doing all these things that are for everybody but you. And you lose you. And I think sometimes illnesses are a reminder that you're in there and you need to find you to come back out so that you can be healthy. Because I do believe some diseases, and I think cancer is one of them, are, are a physical representation of what's going on with you emotionally and spiritually and sometimes you get a wake call and I consider it to be a wake-up and, it, and I've used it wisely and I'm very happy today and I wouldn't change that experience to be honest. With
0: you. Wow and you're very healthy today and you hike fourteeners, and you ski like a wild woman and so many great things. Well so what are you excited about now? I mean you know like I think you and I are both almost identical in age and you know we're looking ahead to say okay you know like like we don't have to climb some ladder we don't have to do anything really we don't choose to
1: do anymore but what is it that really is getting you up in the morning? well, there are a couple of things one um currently I have like I mentioned I work for Camp Lapiapi, which is a summer camp for children that have pediatric cancer and their brothers and sisters and it's part time which I love and uh, most of that work is from home because I'm raising money or we're doing p r and that kind of thing um, and then the summer we go up to camp this summer of course it will be virtual because of the situation but Um, that gets me up because I I love that. I love that concept of of working with these most incredible children. Um, and they have a lot to teach us and we have a lot to learn. So it works out. Um, but so that's one thing. The other thing that gets, I I love to ski. You mentioned that. I mean, it's, it is so much a part of me and I intend to do that until I, if if I have to put sleds on my walker, I'm going to do it. So that's, that's the other thing. And, uh, I'm looking forward to retirement. I mean, that's the, at this phase of my life, I'll be 64 next month at this phase in my life. Um, in, in about two and a half years, you know, plan on retiring. Hopefully. I mean, there's so much up in the air right now. Nobody knows what's happening in the the world and I'm not saying negative or positive, just it's change. And whenever there's change, things can, you know, which a plan might go out the window, but, uh, if it does, it does. And I'll make new plans, but then the, uh, but overall, I'm looking forward to that phase of my life, and what I want to do during that phase is I want to focus more on um, on traveling and photography, which I love, and that's one of the, my passions, and, and art, and doing some things that are, are more creative um, on the creative side, and just picking and choosing. I've been repurposing things lately. I was mentioning that to you the other day with art, um, old musical instruments. I've been um, installing photographs on the bodies of these of violins and on Wood instruments, uh, because they're pictures of trees and woods where they, you know, the the things that made them, they start out as a tree. So I've been putting that, uh, and that really has been coming out quite nice. So I've been enjoying that. And I just want more time to do that kind of thing.
0: Well, I'm in. So whatever you want to do, whatever art you want to do, whatever media you want to do, Rhonda, I so enjoyed uh, Boost Power Radio, and it's so fun to have you on Boost Power Podcast. How in the world do people find you? If they're interested in reaching out, maybe they want to support Camp Wapiapi, maybe they need to know more about the Listen Foundation, how would they
1: find you? Well, I'll just give you my personal email. Um, it's Rhonda Shea. R-H-O-N-D-A-S-H-E-Y-A, at yahoo.com so if you're interested in uh you know if you want me to repurpose an instrument if you've got an instrument i i picked one up the other day from a woman whose child had outgrown their miniature violin and i got pictures from the woman of her daughter who played the violin when she was like six and then i um i create i took that and made it into a a, basically a, a photographic sleeve and and inserted on the violin and turned it into something that she can now put up on her fireplace mantle with a picture of her kid when she was little playing that instrument so, you know, if you're interested in something like that, you can get a hold of me. Um, if you want to learn more about the Listen Foundation or Camp Wapiapi, you know, certainly ask. We're always looking for board members. We're always looking for donations, of course, but board members are important, too. And, um, and people that just want to be involved in some way. Awesome. Well, you're not
0: going to be sad to connect with Rhonda and her information is also listed here on our podcast page. The last thing we do is we pick a card from the Dream Big Live Big card deck. We have a very fancy card deck by
1: someone you know. I'm going to jump in before you do the last thing. Yeah. And just say that I want to say thank you to you because you have been an inspiration to me and we have been friends for many, many years. And I consider that to be one of my greatest blessings is the joy and the, the similar thought process in terms of helping others, and, uh, and and what you bring to our community. So I wanted to take a minute and just say thank you.
0: Oh, Rhonda, that's so sweet. I still remember having lunch with you between jobs at radio stations and jobs at universities, and you and I have been through thick and thin, and I'm okay. still, my boss won't let me quit. You know, I still work for the five foot four redhead now. Her hair isn't so red. She's the five foot four gray head, Um, With no hair color, I just would say. So uh, we're going to pick from this card deck. I'm sending Rhonda juice, and you know that this is random, so uh, you see it before me. Okay, Um, here we go. So this is the angel called Next, and the artwork says, Into the World, Next, Into the World, list three exciting dreams. So you could just tell us what are
1: some exciting dreams for Rhonda. One, we want to sell our home and get a uh, travel bus. And then I want, and we're planning on going to uh, areas that are in great despair and volunteering. So that's what I want to do for the first year of retirement. So that's one. Um, and spending our time doing that. Two um, would be big dream, big dream. Uh, get that house in, in Italy with my cousin, so you can come visit. And <laughs> and three um, would be to um, to work on on uh, on the repurposing of the musical instruments. I really am loving that. Well,
0: uh, uh, everyone can tell who's listening to this podcast, you are a multifaceted, multidimensional, amazing rock star in marketing, communications, radio, so many things, and such a gift with all of your papet passion that you put on purpose in this world. So thank you all for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So take some of these stories from Ronda Shea and say, how does that kind of inspire me? You know, what charity can I love on? What cause can I learn about? How can I be a part of the possible in this world today. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting ideas and our energy and all the cool women that we bring the most wonderful stories to you and to the world. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.